Hello and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Joining me is Director of PDS Academy and former racer James Bennett. On this episode, we'll look back at the World Cup action from San Moritz, as well as Courcheval for the ladies, and the slalom for the men in Val d'Isère after the giant slalom was cancelled. Before looking ahead at the upcoming World Cup racing from Val Gardena for the men's speed racers and Val d'Isère for women's downhill and alpine combined. James, welcome back. Uh, how are you enjoying watching uh, ski racing with a little bit more purpose than you used to have, maybe? <laughs> uh, yeah, so introducing um, my son to ski racing for the first time. He's not really ever, he's not seen snow yet properly, so um, ah, it was quite cool getting to watch some of the slalom with him. I think he enjoyed it. Yeah. Is he going to be putting on the putting on the skis himself? We're going to mm. see little Zach racing? I think so, yeah. I think, I think it's going to be hard. Yeah. I can't see how any racer who's had a, a child can ever sort of... I can tell them it's not going to be the easiest road, hmm. but I don't see how you're going to ever be able to not let them race. Well, I think if you're still involved, <laughs> even like even being on the fringes, like so say I still just do a little bit of coaching at Hemel, so nothing massive, but it's still going to be hard not to take him and show him. And then Give him if tips. he doesn't want to do it, I think I'll just be really distraught about the whole <laughs> Never tell him. Yeah. Never tell him. But, but inside, dying. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's have a look back uh, first up at the Women's Super G from Samaritz. Um, beautiful day. Absolutely perfect conditions. That Samaritz, big, rolly piece. Lots of technical areas for the ladies. The Lots of blind gates, putting more emphasis on course inspection um, obviously, with Super G, you don't actually get to look at the racetrack, do you? Don't get a oh, you get to look at it. Sorry, but you don't, don't get, get a training run. run no. So, really honing in on your ability to read course sets and read uh, terrain. And Sophia Goggia took the win. Uh, Briannoni was uh, second, and Michaela Schifrin taking the final step on that podium. Yeah, I mean Schifrin coming back to what you're just saying there about the conditions and the smoothness always seems to do really well when like the conditions are good it obviously plays massively to her kind of strength of technique over necessarily like power and strength but she seems to always do well and the track's good yeah she um she put down some a really tidy run very technically astute as you just mentioned uh sophia godgia won by one hundredth uh also dropped her pole on the way down or sort of caught her arm and actually yeah. ended up dropping her pole so she um just managed to hang on to uh, all the way to the finish and taking it by a hundredth, leaving Frederica Briannoni in second. A little bit, obviously, that sort of close, it is really sort of a bittersweet second yeah. place. I mean, you must think you've got it in the bag. Like seeing that come down, oh, they've dropped their pole. <laughs> yeah. you, you can't celebrate, but inside you're thinking, yeah, this is good. Got, I've, got I've, got, this. Yeah. I've got this. And then, oh, it's all over. Turns out, I haven't. Not going to happen. Uh, Godgia, though, she is what a wild character a wild ski racing character i think I, I mentioned it in commentary for eurosport we were talking about her we're actually speaking about godja in the gs but i think the same is applicable across all disciplines for her you never actually know what you're going to get and i think that's why she's such an exciting racer she just has a clear you know another sporting cliche but one gear she just goes full out mm. and sometimes that manifests itself in a run littered by errors that cost her huge amounts and sometimes she gets away with it and it is brilliant absolutely brilliant uh, and she managed to sort of entwine the two there a couple of big big errors but the times where she was really on it she absolutely flew i mean we were looking at video of her 
well, a few weeks ago when we were in Hintertux and her getting like out of shape but still able to lay down some awesome turns mm. just strong enough to actually get twisted and get pushed out not let it affect what the skis are doing whereas say some other people are not able to do such that, to that to the same extent yeah I think when you have when you make mistakes it's really easy to panic and just think I'm not in the right position I'm not in the right position in terms of a, a body position but also in a line position and actually it's really easy to panic and again in giant slalom you tend to see it a little bit more when racers chuck it sideways whether they're you know men or female male or female doesn't really matter mm. that you know they still get into the same thing it's like I'm not online so I have to chuck have to it sideways feet, yeah. and, and get back online but actually sometimes you can ride it out and yeah. pick up that um, you can get back online but without having to dump all your speed and, and Godges certainly with the style that she skis, somebody that's been very quickly, has been very quickly learning about recoveries from yeah. errors. You might not get the best photo, but you'll be the quickest. She's going to be fast. <laughs> she is going to be fast. Um, so then that sort of saw us into the ladies' parallel, the uh, parallel slalom events that we saw at the weekend. So we had uh, Vlahova. Taking the win, always favourite for those events. I think that rangy, you know, tall rangy athlete just gives her a little bit of an edge when it comes to that double cross blocking technique that not all the ladies are doing at the moment. All the men seem to do it, and I guess that's a physiological um, advantage that most of the men are taller. Uh, so Vlahova took the win. Sven Larsen lost out narrowly to her in the final. Mm -hmm. And then the last place on the podium was Francisca Gritsch of Austria, giving the Austrians something to actually be happy about as their um, season on the ladies, certainly the tech side, has not been anywhere near as good as it needs to be. Have you talked much about the whole cross-blocking versus skiing classic? Because obviously a lot of people talked about it in the past. But... Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, we have talked about it, and I don't really know. In the current format of parallel slalom, you don't... Cross blocking is the way to go. Yeah. Uh, and Vlahova and Sven Larsen actually are two of the taller athletes on the tour. So it makes sense and they're able to. Because obviously, if you think of how far inside you have to be to be able to cross block the inside, the inside of, the yeah. of the paneled gate, mm. it's quite a long way. And therefore, if, you, if you're if you a shorter athlete, you're obviously either hitting lower down the poles, which is more tends to put. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or if you're trying to reach up higher and get more over and across and really reach for that inside, you're going to lose yeah. your outside skiing. Yeah. And so we've seen that quite a lot. Uh, some of them have trained it, like Schifrin wasn't doing it in the beginning because obviously this, um, the parallel slalom is relatively new. Mm. I mean, it's not new, new, but it's relatively new. And it took um, Schifrin a while to train herself to be able to use the double cross block technique. Well, I think and, you've got like they've been doing, especially someone like Schifrin's been training the same things yes. at such a young age. Yes. To then add something totally new and on top. Yeah. We're going we're to do it a different way now. Yeah, exactly. It's a massive change. Exactly. Uh, but then some of the ladies are, uh, are mixing it up. They have mm. their shin pads on, they have pole guards on, and sort of when they have to or when the pieced aspect is is right to be able to get inside enough to yep. be able to cross by the inside pole, they use it, and then they go back to a classic style. And some of them don't even bother putting on shin pads and never cross block somebody. And that's te again, tends to be, not blanket comment, but tends to be the shorter athletes. So mm. someone like... Um, uh, Hrovat, the or you, you James would probably do because you're only about two foot tall. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but somebody like uh, Hrovat from Slovenia, she yeah. doesn't have shin guards on, but she actually did really well. I think mm. she was fourth or fifth, 
something like that. I can't exactly remember. I haven't got the results in front of me for the. It's a bit parallel. of a trade-off, isn't it? So if you can if you can ski a classic but still get your feet quite close to the base of the gate, yeah. then you're not losing too much. If you if you if you cross if you're cross blocking and you're ending up then skiing along a line because you're reaching too far, yeah. you're basically cancelling anything you're getting out of yes. cross blocking. Yeah. But then there's also the fact that obviously there's a resistant from the gate and quite a lot of people get hooked up in the gates with poles and equipment. Yeah, because you're trying to look at... Because when you're cross-blocking, obviously you're still having to, you know, uh, get your make sure your hands are in the right place yeah. to clear the gate. So normally you're looking at one gate, mm. but all of a sudden you're trying to look at two gates. And actually when it come, you're talking about your the the style of it, um, um, Roman Zinhausen, the t- really tall yeah. Swiss dude, he got really agitated. And obviously he's one of the best at mm. parallel slalom he got really he's agitated <laughs> yeah he got but he got really agitated yeah. in an interview and he said he gets really annoyed with people thinking that he's only good at parallels because, because he's, he's really tall. tall um and i say that's not the only reason he's good at yeah. I mean, he's quite good at normal parallels slalom. yes but he certainly got an advantage and you know that's a natural advantage but also at the same time because he is taller he can see over the flag so if you're of a certain height your <laughs> eyesight is is going to be blocked <laughs> by the flag well, unless you can see underneath it well you'd be looking underneath <laughs> the flag that's that's true i would be looking yeah. over the flag <laughs> yeah maybe at it i don't know um, of hair. well yeah that's my other issue so i may be above the flag but i've got hair in my eyes and i can't see um so yeah, actually, he got really agitated by that and yeah. and, and sort of yeah, right. pulled the media like, fair, up on it because yeah. yes, fair, fair enough. Like there's there's a lot of things going on because I mean you think if you're cross blocking quite high, you're cross blocking trying to cross block above a flag because mm. cross blocking at the flag then more likely to get wrapped up in it. Um, so yeah, to cross block above the flag, doing a slalom turn, which is always going to push you back seat. Yeah. lifting your arms up so and obviously shinning gonna... it when two poles are attached yeah. as well that's an, another added resistance yeah. isn't it and then dropping off a little mini cliff that they like to stick in there sometimes yeah the little drop downs mm. I, I do enjoy the I do really enjoy the format I don't necessarily enjoy the cross blocking to the um, the cross blocking the flags I think it's a bit ugly yeah. in terms of aesthetically looking at it I'd like to see them do something about it but then what they're going to do just turn it into normal slalom doesn't have quite the same sort of gravitas to looking at it at the same time in terms of you know single gates kind of get lost in the mountain it's kind of a cool mm. wide shot with yeah. with the red and the blue flags i wonder whether it'd be quite cool to see that you know those old little triangle flags they used to have back in the 80s and 90s of yeah on the top of gates just as a something maybe a little nod to retro but yeah. retro is very in it is one of the other things that they could look at is the fact that you know you do have other other disciplines like uh, Telemark and Nordic where they kind of merge different elements together mm. so I mean you could have a section that is well you're, along, you're not allowed to you're not yeah a section you're not allowed to cross block on a section yeah. where you are um, you know or even rather than doing that just have some some pro slalom gates some slalom gates or even just like mixing it up in just in a different way to yeah. kind of try and promote With triangle gates you know that snowboarders use then you don't get caught up in them but then it's I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I guess there's a reason why Fizz haven't bothered touching it, and it's maybe that actually it works, it's, yeah. it works and it would be We're too much of a headache to, uh, to actually do something else mm. about it. Interestingly, James, um, did you notice that Michaela Schifrin didn't start that parallel? So the word on the street when you're down with the kids yeah. is that she was, <laughs> you know, that's me, well, on trend. <laughs> In your shirt. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm dressed up today. Lost on the podcast audience, me sitting here all smart. Uh, the um, yeah, she, the, the what the story was is that Schifrin had decided that she didn't want to race the parallel, so she could focus on the GS. Hmm. Uh, so it was parallel on Sunday, yep. GS in Val, uh, Val, not even Val, um, Courchevel. Yep. On the Tuesday, so I looked at the the miles. It's about a seven to eight hour drive without stops mm. from Saint Moritz to Courchevel. So, if you the race finished around lunchtime, early afternoon, so that's not enough time to do it in a one later. And also, you don't want to do it in a one later because you know your muscles. You need to do your recovery. You need to make yeah. sure you've not got concrete legs by the time yeah. you get out of the car at the other There's end. There's no point doing expending a load of energy and then sitting in a in a car yeah so worked out that they probably would have stayed overnight on the Sunday night driven eight hours over to Courchevel then started their pre you know the pre-race prep the night before making sure that the body's happy and and all of that sort of stuff and then raced yes so the word was that she actually skipped the parallel to be ready for the GS so she could focus on the GS because it's more of a uh, you know, in terms of longer season goals and, uh, and well, to be fair, but, a helicopter is not that much. Money. Yeah, but I Why don't think I don't think that I really don't think a lot of the athletes and a lot of the teams have got the money to that. Schifrin probably has. Yeah, surely she's got. But she, but I don't. She, I don't think she cruises around in a chopper very often. I think occasionally I mean, you, don't you have chop- your own chopper. But like getting a having a like a helicopter transfer from Geneva to like Morsi Navoriaz isn't obscene amounts of money. No, so you thought maybe. Yeah, maybe. But anyway, so my point is that that was what she said. That you know, that's what the rumours were. But actually, I think what she hasn't said, um, but she was under the weather. And we'll talk about that when we touch mm. on the on the ladies' GS. Which then may, may, on, may which, knock on. Which then may, yeah. But maybe she's um, wishing she got the chopper. Yeah, maybe. But actually, if we just go back to the parallel for a second, Charlie Guest of GB scoring her first ever World Cup points. So uh, really congratulations, good. Charlie. Um, and that was. An awesome result. She skied very well in the qualifying, which was the um, the morning of the of the parallel, which is why it sort of the parallel happens around lunchtime because they've got to get their quali in rather than taking it off slalom points. They actually have a qualification rate, which I think is the best way yeah. to do it. Uh, and so, yeah, good day, for, good day for GB. Uh, but if we now look across at the men's side of things, so we were supposed to have a very originally in the program was GS on Saturday, slalom Sunday. They looked at the weather forecast and decided that uh, the worst day was the Saturday and so that they would switch the slalom because obviously no one cares about slalom. And uh... It's not that no one cares about slalom. <laughs> <laughs> it's simply that there's less distance between the gates. Yeah, and less, and less piece work because yeah. they didn't have to move. Easy Speeds are slower see. so you can slide out the racetrack a little bit more to try and, and, and make sure. getting blown around in the wind. Exactly. But um, try as they might, the, wasn't going to happen, was the, it? No, the weather weather gods weren't favouring uh, the skiers, so they they delayed, 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 and then they ended up cancelling it. And their decision was that they were cancelling the GS from the Sunday and to put the slalom on the Sunday. So the GS got fully bumped mm. from the program. So you had some guys dry, coming from America because obviously the last GS was in in Killington and uh, in, in um, Beaver Creek. Yep. So they flew back, raced around. Gone, driven all the way to uh, to Val. To Val, no, no go. Just to watch their mates ski some slalom, and then turn around and head to Italy because it's GS in uh, Altabadia on um, Sunday. So 
bit of a wasted journey. People like um, Charlie Raposo, driven from Verbier over to Courchevel, uh, over to Val d'Isère, yeah. watch Dave race and turn around and go back again. He's probably had a lovely time. Yeah, I mean, it just gave Charlie a, <laughs> a chance to get up, carry on with his social media in the the world that is Charlie Raposo. So uh, he was happy. Loads of selfies, <laughs> chatting rubbish to his uh, Instagram following. Uh, but anyway, so slalom eventually got underway on Sunday and Alexi Pantero absolutely tore the field apart, gave him a real lesson on skiing slalom down the fast. He's, he looked like the only person that actually looked good skiing down the fast. Nor- on the first run. Well, even on the second run, he was only third. Well, actually, no. Yeah. So he's still. Christofferson also minutes. also looked good, but Pantero looked good on both. Yeah. But um, so yeah, Alexi Pantero won by miles, mm. uh, one point four four over Andre Mura, the the uh, elder statesman yeah. of the Swedish team in second, and Stefano Gro, who'd come uh, sort of, I think he was in the teens, bibwise, not somebody that's been firing for the last couple of seasons, Jesus. but managing to find some form again and finish in third. Christofferson was in fourth after a, a massive second run charge moving up from from a 27th position on the first yeah. run. I mean, he pretty much came to a stop at the bottom, didn't he? And yeah, he was, what, he was at, 2.8 off after the first yeah, run. Yeah, he was really actually he was he probably would have been in uh, in the top 5 at least yeah. on that first run without that huge mistake right near the finish. So it wasn't a case of he had a terrible first run, no. terrible skiing on his first he run. Had, he just had a big mistake. He's just coming into that better car at the bottom, wasn't he? Yeah, just ran out of speed. And it's he quite nearly f- did it second run as well. Yeah, but just managed to just nip, nip inside yeah. of those like, subtle touches. Hmm. But a big shout-out to Luke Winters from the United States. Uh, 40th to second on the first run, uh, and then the second run didn't go quite his own way. I don't know if it was a case of... Actually, it wasn't the occasion. Um, then he ends up finishing in 19th. It wasn't the occasion because he absolutely still went yeah, out full charge, didn't he? Yeah. He was risking left, right, and centre. It was so refreshing, um, and I'm sure we're going to see loads more of him. I mean, I was I was sat shouting at the TV, going, "Get to the bottom! Just get to the <laughs> bottom! Stop it!" <laughs> but um, we were going to see loads more of him because he is only about twelve, um, so hmm. he's going to be around for a, a long time. And maybe the well, US he's even twelve yet? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, he's certainly young. But, is, at least his year of birth isn't in the 2000s. That's yeah, when you it, just draw the line at the fact that it's a, it's a, a child. child. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we're definitely going to see loads more of him. And I'm looking forward to having some uh, real US contenders. And hopefully he is going to push on from that. Because mm-hmm. that was seriously impressive. Bib 40, obviously the, the TV cameras had long since gone uh, in terms yeah. of broadcasting. And um, he... Uh, yeah, he showed that you don't have to be in the top seed to, to battle in with the group. Uh, slightly disappointing day for Dave riding. Uh, I mean, great, I, great first run. Really good first run. Mm. Sixth on the first run. Uh, apart from Pantero, was very close to uh, you know Winters and and uh, and the like on the first run. So he was good in good standing. Their first run was actually set by Tristan Glass Davis, who's his coach. So. Um, hopefully that's you know obviously wasn't the only reason but it does definitely help when your coach has set it even if it's just psychological yeah gives you that little extra boost you know your coach is telling you exactly what he's done exactly where he what expects he's people to, to be caught out yeah. exactly uh, and so first run went very well second run he really struggled down there I spoke to him afterwards and he was absolutely gutted just just down um, it's hard it's really hard 
when it doesn't go your way. And we spoke about it at length before. I spoke about it multiple times. You guys are probably bored of hearing me say it, but um, you, you've got to still take the positives and we're still looking for Dave to do two runs. And he's still looking for himself to do two quality runs. Um, and he hasn't, Valdez has never been a happy hunting ground, but then he used to say that about Kitzbühel and look yeah. what happened at Kitzbühel. So, uh, well, I think it's just like look at look at I mean look at that slalom look at how hard it was oh it's a brutal piece I was chatting to Nick Fellows who did the commentary with and I was asking him do you like that the World Cup is in Val d'Azer I don't like watching it and I he mean, loved he like, said he like loved it, it he but... said it, he thinks it's a fantastic venue and brilliant mm. and I watch it and I, d- I have to admit I don't like it mm. I feel like it it's quite often it's survival don't to it's survival it it's not for me it's not racing and I've raced down there raced downhill down there as well as slalom through when, when I was doing the combi but it, it, it's uh, I don't feel like it's racing I feel like it's it's falling with style I know that's a bit of a movie movie cliche um, but uh, I really do think that it's not the easiest of racetracks and I don't think it's it's necessarily the best racer that wins although it is because it's two runs yeah. so I don't know I think it's, it still comes down but to the best it's best not easy on wins. the eye is it but you do get people that are stronger and a bit like saying how you know, Schifrin and Speed does normally does well yeah. when conditions are quite nice yeah and I think that you know Val's never going to be like that for anyone so anyone that's going into Val looking at you know having a kind of an easy race where they can actually go for it you, know, you I mean fair enough to anyone that does go for it down the fast but it doesn't always look from a spectator sport kind of looking at things it doesn't always look that amazing and I don't TV, think I'd no. like to be doing that no. I wish I could ski like that yeah. I just I don't think I'd and TV doesn't do it justice no. like you would have thought after all the technological gains that we've got within sort of media hmm. that you would have been able to work out there'd be something that can show you what's actually going on there it's much deeper than it looks on TV it's yeah. much icier than it looks or sounds on TV so it's a it's a tough place to go um, but all round it was a cracking race and, and it was a masterclass by Alexi Pantero so uh, maybe that's his he's had a topsy-turvy season so far some yeah. great races some awesome skiing but also some average skiing and some average results yeah it does seem it does seem weird like it didn't fire up like it didn't make the 30 wins exactly Nuts, isn't it? Yeah. Nuts. Scores fourth in Super G. Terrible. Really angry. In the GS. <laughs> the, it, it, yeah. uh, in um, America. Mm. Uh, so ladies, then we're in action on Tuesday over in Courchevel. So conditions look pretty good. It was a bit warmer. The fern wind is blowing, mm. uh, making it not quite as solid underfoot as we would like. But the racing was Didn't super awesome. tight. It was eight tenths to tenth that on the first run. That was all it was, separated by nothing. Um, we had um, Mina Holtman, who led the first run, Norwegian, sort of real pressure cooker situation over Bessina, who won the last GS uh, in Killington. It was her first ever World Cup win. Mm. Brianoni was in third. Schifrin had a rubbish day, which she then was interviewed afterwards. I think she finished down in 16th or something. I don't know. Don't actually have her where she finished, um, but yeah, out you know in the teens anyway. She was outside the top flight, and you just thought uh, she spoke about how it was disrespectful if she you know for for people to think that she should just be there. She should just be 
on the podium if she skis down sort of mm. thing and that's where and I, I guess actually we're all a victim of that because you think well, the Earl Schifrin's here how much is she going to win by she won by two seconds nearly the other day so yeah but that's that's slalom I think that we yeah I would think that yeah fair enough in slalom to expect her to be there or thereabouts is, is what most people are going to do but you know, if you took slalom off the board she'd still be an amazing ski racer and she's still leading the overall standings anyway. So uh, she, I think she'll, she's, I think must be under the weather a little bit. She did allude to that on social media, but didn't want to put that down as a thing sort of in terms of that's why I wasn't very good. But the uh, final results for the GS were Brianoni with the win. Mina Holtman, who was leading, was in second. And Wendy Holdner was in third. Alex Tilly for GB finishing in 24th. Another good points haul for her. You know, she was in the top 30 at the start of the season, then was out of the top 30, starting back in the 50s, scored her best result in Killington, uh, and then a consolidated, yeah, started 30 just the other day, and now is back, hopefully, solidly in the 30 with another good points haul. So a, a good day. Brianoni's second run was absolutely fantastic. She had a couple of awesome turns, really, really cool. Uh, and like you said, Mina Holtman, she didn't crumble. Yes, leading the first run, bib eleven. Never podiumed in her career before in GS so or to in hold any on, discipline. Quite a big thing. Yeah, really good, really mm. good skiing. And I think, and it wasn't a fluke either. She definitely skied really well. It wasn't a case of, you know, she got lucky with any conditions. Yeah, awesome stuff. No, it's really good. Coming back to um, Tilly, also with everything that's been going on there, that's quite a big, quite a big thing thing for them. In terms of coaching setup. Yeah, setup and just you know. To drop back out of the thirty oh, must sorry, have right. then, must yeah. have then been a moment and gone oh actually maybe if we made made the right decisions is the call that we've made the right one so hopefully it's gonna it's gonna keep on the way it's going exactly she uh, will be uh, moving from strength to strength uh, and Brianoni on absolute fire so yeah winning the GS a hundredth away from winning in the Super G and in, in uh, over in Samarit so. Uh, she is absolutely flying. But Schifrin has still got a super healthy lead in the overall standings right now, which leads us quite nicely on to the action we're about to see this mm. coming weekend. So we'll start with the ladies' races. So they race downhill on Saturday and Alpine combined on Sunday. So uh, Nat is over in Val d'Isere. It's not on the fast. The ladies' race on the OK, which is the one the men used to race on, which is the one that's... Uh, a little less intense, probably the the way to describe it. It's a big, long motorway track. It's super fast. It's got some real good speed to it. There's a lot of snow out in uh, Val d'Isere at the moment as well. So uh, I think it's going to be an awesome looking race. Yeah, something something that's going to be more enjoyable to watch. Yes, it's certainly not the fast, is it? No. Uh, but we are expe- we were expecting Schifrin to be racing, but as of today her social media says that off the back of the race yesterday she is now not uh, going to be ra- uh, doing the training run tomorrow hmm. um, which if she's not she hasn't said that she's not going hmm. to enter the downhill which is uh, going to take a day rather but, than do the training yes but I'm kind of thinking if that's you're the not first, doing the downhill that's the first step to making the call to yeah not if you're not doing the downhill training you, there's obviously some stuff going on which I think so fits into the the sickness bug the mm. ill factor maybe um so but yeah if you don't do the first training run 
you're not giving yourself the best chance and Schiffrin's all about being economical with her energy output. So I don't feel like she's going to... I doubt she's racing if she's choosing not to race the training or not to ski the training run. And you obviously have to do one training run. You have to push out of the gate at least once in a training run to be allowed to start the downhill. So taking a bit of a risk, but the weather looks good, so they should get both training runs off. So there is a chance that if she... Yeah, it might just be a tactical t- decision to go, right, okay, well, what would I prefer, the run or the rest? Yes, maybe. I mean, she is going to be there. She's going to be in the hotel. So who knows? Who knows? I, I kind of think that, yeah, if you're there, you should be doing the training run to give yourself the best chance. But if she's looking for overalls, points, maybe that's not high on her list of priorities so that is downhill anyway on saturday alpine combined is a super g leg as well as a slam leg so slightly more technical when it comes to picking a victor for the downhill james i mean i think i'm gonna go with suter kareen suter yeah Swiss coming second fairly recently um i think it's in with a good shot yeah i think the, the speed races again on the lady side of are, are fairly open hmm. there's a lot of as the same on the men's side that you know there's not one person sticking their uh, arm in the air and, and sort of dominating and saying it's it's yours to you know Take it's mine to lose sort of yeah. thing which you kind of say in, in maybe women's tech shiffering on a normal day and slalom is probably that person where you're like yes it's hers to lose whereas I think in most disciplines at the moment across the board uh, of ski racing as a whole. That's probably the only categories that would fit in. So, ladies, downhill isn't. Um, I am going to say Goggia. He likes it a bit rough and tumble. You know, a bit of speed. I think she's going to be... She's not going to shy away from that. She's probably going to have both poles, uh, which means if she can win with one pole, imagine how quick she's going to be with two. I mean, it's fair. It's a fair point. I mean, how, how long did she not have the pole for? That's uh, I think a few turns. Yeah. Uh, a quarter of the run. Ish, yeah, at best. Yeah, even for pushing at the start. Yeah, it, makes a good, it makes a good story though, doesn't it? Yeah, if you've only got one pole, well, you know, I skied down one pole, fell over. You know everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Classic, isn't it? When yeah. we used to race, oh, I fell over. No, you didn't. Yeah, you, you just skid. you just touched the floor. Yeah, and actually, you didn't even touch the floor. No, You're miles your pole. away. <laughs> uh, okay, and then Alpine combined. One run a super G, one yeah. run a slalom. I- I mean, I'm going to have to go with if she's fit and able, then I'm going to go with Schifrin, just for the slalom, and also I love a bit of slalom. So I'm yeah, going to go with I, slalom specialist. I think if she's racing, mm. that's going to be a good shout. Um, but I think that Wendy Holdner is going to have it over on her. That sort of all-around consistency. She actually spoke about how she was struggling mentally coming into um, Courchevel and saying that she needed to find the love of ski racing again. I mean, it's easy to get yourself into a negative spiral when, you know, she was at home race. It really didn't go well for her. Um, not that it's her favourite disciplines of the speed disciplines. And she's, you know, she is more of a tech skier. Sounds like you're talking yourself out of this pick. No, but no, I'm not. No, no. But then off the back of her podium, I think, you know, she had a great big beaming mm. smile in the finish area. Yeah. She looked like she was enjoying herself she's certainly you no know, grinning like she was anyway so who i think that she's recaptured a bit of love and i think that she's gonna i think that's gonna she's gonna take boost. it yeah, yeah i think she's gonna take it okay the men have a busy schedule you've got speed races in val gardena 
uh, and they are Super G on Friday, Downhill on Saturday, and then you have Giant Slalom in Alta Badia on Sunday and Parallel GS on Monday in Alta Badia. So this is where the helicopters come in handy, and mm. the helicopters often take people across, um, and if you're lucky, you can jump in. Because it's just over the, cross, over the top of the mountain. Did uh, you, ever, you get, actually, ever get a chopper? Uh, no, because I didn't do any of that turn no. in Malarkey when you're doing GS. Come on, Oof. mate. Come on. No, I'm not doing any turns. Uh, so, no, I didn't, didn't. No. And also, uh, no. No. <laughs> no and no. no. Um, <laughs> so we've got... Uh, this was my favourite racetrack. Val Gardena. Hmm. Absolutely loved it. It's undulating. There's big jumps. You've got the camels, which are some of the most fam- one of the most famous jumps on tour. Then you've got that Chaslat section... Which is that, uh, like every single different aspect you could possibly have um, on I mean, a mountain. They've got to do something to make that speed discipline interesting, oh, haven't they? So. You're not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't wait to be there. And the, I, I still remember my first time in Val Gardena, tucking across that flat section before you're when you're coming into the camels, um, not really sure what to expect, hoping that you're going fast enough that when you look to double you're going to make it you're going to make it uh, and not an awful lot of feelings like that when you're in that tuck position you're taking a couple of deep breaths going I hope this is going to work out right because if it isn't there's nothing I can do about it how did that work like say for the, your first kind of training run um, do you get a, like a did you well, how did you go about it did you take it so do you scrub a little bit off and just go over it a few times like at speed no. or just go straight in boom no you, I think you have to go straight straight in it's you get at best two training runs hmm. most of the time you know a lot of times you don't get that you don't even get that no. you get one training run so uh, I remember the first training run, you just make sure that you don't mess up the section coming in so the just before the sort of camel section before that flat is a jumping uh, right foot I think it is and then you land and then you do a left foot in that transition seat to flat so basically um, you just try not to balls up yeah. that section because if you don't mess up that section you are going quick enough um, yes you, you take the speed from the, to yeah. the flat if you if that like right footer you yes. get that slightly wrong and then yeah, you have so to you... overwork the left foot onto the flat exactly the because if you do mess it up and you've done it a couple of times you know how much speed you're supposed to be taking into that you section for it. Um, but obviously having never skied it before you don't so you just make sure you don't mess that section up and also the other thing to take into account and why your inspection on the first day is super important is because um, before the actual jump part of the camels which is on hump two and you miss uh, the gap between two and three, three. and land on the backside of three. Um, but there is the first one, which, depending on the amount of snow, um, is either nothing. It's a tiny roll where you, you, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. Sometimes it's a roll where you have to do a little bit of something just sort of move your body weight forward. Yeah. And sometimes it's a full press. Yeah. And I remember a couple and of those years... Those are the good years. Yeah. And, but I remember a few years ago, actually before I started racing, there's a, an Australian guy... Uh, AJ Bear and he went for the triple mm, I remember that uh, didn't work out very well for him no. uh, and that is the reason why nobody does the triple so you always look to squash the first uh, and then yeah get going the years where the first one's big that's when you see people get stuck because they don't manage to extend their legs up the second one we just fully, bounce into and it and they yeah. just bounce into it Whoop. yeah it's uh, yeah not nice I remember um, 
David Poisson, who now sadly passed. He died uh, a couple of summers ago training. Um, but I remember he and I used to race together and he uh, flat spun. He did mm. a flat spin, yep. let's say, off the camels. And I remember uh, he started a, a few races before me. There was a bit of a hold um, and I tend not to like, go into too much detail. I don't want to know what's happened with the course hold. There's a course hold. Uh, somebody's had a crash. I don't want to know any more than that. No. That's enough details for me. Yeah. Um, and so, so that happened. I got to the, anyway. Race restarted. Got to the finish. I saw David uh, walking around afterwards, and I walked up to him. He, he was limping around. I was yeah. like, oh, you know, Dave, how did it go? And he was like, Did you not see? I was like, No. And he's like, Just go and watch the video. So I found it on YouTube, and he caught an edge on the first camel, which then spun him round, and so took off. Backwards, backwards off, the second, off the second camel and did a flat spin sort of corkscrew-esque at the same time yeah. over uh, and landed on his back but on the third on the backside it, as, yeah. he, as where he should have done in, yeah. if he'd been on his feet um, but it's it's on YouTube David Poisson uh, Val Gardena crash it's, he walked away from it bumped and bruised raced the next day uh, in the Super G but uh, good to watch it's quite a, quite a cool it's good to watch because you know he's okay yeah. well, yeah, well he, he, that instant he was, he was uh, yeah he was okay so that's it's, it's what goes wrong but also at the same time nowadays you have these inflatable vests or impact vests underneath your downhill suits so um, saving saving some more broken bones and bruised bodies uh, so Jamesy boy let's have a few picks so Super G Friday I mean my last Super G pick from an before was spot on so I'm going to stick with it <laughs> spot on look at you uh, so you're going to go with Matthias Meyer Matthias Meyer for the Super G and for the downhill and yeah, last time Beat came third he didn't obviously win Voice. yeah but I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to stick with him since he did me proud all of my picks last time oh don't give me that I don't want to hear it <laughs> podium don't, don't want to hear it it doesn't matter <laughs> I won't be coming on again. No, that, yeah. Well, for two reasons: one, because you're pigs, and two, because you're chat. <laughs> um, okay, like so turns. you're, so you're like going. Turns. That's all. That's your Ben is. likes turns as well. So maybe you, you don't two like can do like a turny <laughs> podcast on your own. <laughs> uh, so you're going Maya Super G Foyt's downhill. I am going to go. It's a bit of a risk. Uh, I'm going to go Dominic Paris for the. Super G. It's a risk because he's not actually been firing on all cylinders so far. So I feel like, especially last weekend, he re- really didn't go well for him in Beaver Creek. Um, but home snow, he's going to be reinvigorated. So I think I'm going to go Paris for the Super G. Um, but I think Thomas Dressen for the downhill. I, I, te- I was tempted to do Paris on the double, but um, Dressen's yeah, had some pretty I, solid I form. We, I think it's always safe to go for one person that's in form as well. Yeah, just than, in case. Yeah, just in, don't want to yeah, don't no. all eggs in one basket. No. Uh, and talking of all eggs in in one basket, we're going to move over to the GS Altabadia. It's a cool racetrack. It's pretty long. It's usually pretty icy because it's dark on that racetrack, so it doesn't get an awful lot of sun. So the injection that they do on the slope really takes hold, and it's really, really, really slick. So oh, hate that. <laughs> hate that slick snow um, so Giant Slalom Sunday who use your money on 
I think Christofferson for me. He's already podium GS and he's just come off a, a flying second run of the slalom. So confidence be high. Seemed like he really wanted it. Yeah. I think he's going to. Okay. Uh, and my uh, your second pick for the parallel. So slightly different. Slightly different, but it's also similar. I think yeah. why, 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 if I, why go for Christofferson in the GS and not for the dual GS? So I'm going to stick with him. You're going to stick both. with him. Yeah. I think the uh, skill he's set gonna win. Is I reckon to... he'll win one of them at least. So you're hedging your bets. Doubling up. Okay. Double or nothing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I am going to go for Kranjek in the GS. So uh, the full GS. Mm. Uh, and then I'm going to go Tommy Ford yep. in the parallel. I'm not really sure. Um, I can't think what Tommy is like in a head-to-head scenario. Because I do feel like that is a, a different aspect to this. And that's going to have a play on the results. He was skiing so well in uh, in Beaver Creek when he absolutely smashed everybody mm. in that year yeah, to that take was his first World Cup win. Wasn't it? Uh, I feel like um, there is a difference in snow, obviously, from North American snow to European snow, and I think that it may not play into his strengths. Snow sort twice. Of like, yeah, inside. You know, he likes to take a few risks in terms of where his body position goes. He goes a little. Um, can go over committed to his inside which means the outside ski can bounce around a little yeah. bit but he was so good out there uh, so I'm not sure if that's going to play a part maybe I'm just nitpicking um, well, Cranjet for the GS because I think he likes that place uh, and uh, and I just think he's going to I think he's going to do the business and then I, I'm going to go forward for the parallel mostly because I want to see him back up the the US result. And I think he's obviously got enough in the locker. Interesting. And I want to see that he... you just, you, you're going for what you want. Yeah. Not necessarily what you think is going to happen. Well, Parallel GS, I feel, is a bit of an unknown beast, really. And so... But Chris Offenson is a good shout. But I think, yeah, I want Tommy to back it up. Yeah, parallel, like, it's not a massive thing, is it? Like, when we when we grew up and dry slope and like, even indoors now, like, parallel is huge. Yeah, and I they, mean, dry and, slope it was it was what people went for. Yeah, and actually now they're reintroducing the pro tour in the states, which is the head to head stuff. Which obviously like parallel, it's basically parallel slalom for, in terms of World Cup. It's yeah. the pro tour is 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 back in the states. It used to be around for I think it was through the eighties and nineties. You guys have to correct me if I'm wrong, but um, it was something that Fizz, the governing body of the World Cup, decided that you shouldn't be doing so you if you wanted to go and race that you raced under false names so Nick Fellows was telling me about how he used to race under a different name the British team race under fake names so that you uh, you could race win the prize money and Fizz wouldn't find out and pull your uh, pull you, uh, from, pull their you races. from the Fizz races so yeah apparently that was a thing um, you know, Fizz you know, Swiss getting getting angry now they've changed their mind well now, I, I guess that nowadays you probably just don't necessarily have the clout to be able to do both, maybe they do. I'm not sure because you don't have anybody racing both. It's not no. like anybody's trying to race Pro Tour and trying to race World Cup at the moment. So maybe that's not something that they're looking at. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's the weekend's action, and uh, the men are in for a pretty hectic schedule. I don't know if Pantero's going to race all, or certainly the Super G as well, just because of having to change resorts from the. Uh, but maybe he's going to race because the Super G's Friday, so he could race Super G Friday, day off Saturday, uh, and race. Yeah, and if he's looking for the overall, that might be. He is looking he's for the overall, but there's a bunch of them looking for the overall actually, and that's a fair shout because Matthias Meyer has been skiing really well in GS, 
And so is he going to go downhill? Obviously, he's going to do downhill and super G. And then start. And then is he going to stick four days? Is he going to do full four days, both GSs? Odomat, probably going to do the same. So some hectic scheduling coming up before Christmas, which then, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough, tough races. Well, it's enough we snow, to anyway. watch, though. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. Absolutely can't wait. Um, so that is all we've got time for, Jamesy. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank Guys, you if you much. like what you're listening to, make sure you give us a like, give us a share, tell your mates, uh, and happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Don't say, never say happy Christmas. Why not? It's, it's happy new year, Merry Christmas. Who says that? Like everyone. Who made the rules? <laughs> That's just the way it I is. Don't, I don't, I don't Merry a Christmas and a happy new year. You what can't about say happy, happy Christmas, Christmas and a Merry New Year? That would be horrific. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure who made you the Christmas oracle. I'm going to no, ask That's Santa just the Claus. way you say it. Yeah, all right. That's the way you say it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Have a happy Merry Christmas. No, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yeah. It just rolls off the tongue way better. You're a 